Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we travel down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I hope you'll stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as I reveal what's behind the curtain. Yesterday was Memorial Day, and I'd like to pause and honor veterans all over the world. My uncle, Kenny McGinley, served in the Navy. My father-in-law, Harry Schwartz, was in the Army during World War II. My cousin, Ron Cross, served in Vietnam, as did my brother-in-law, Paul Detola. My friend, Bob Calvert, of the Talking with Heroes radio show, was an Army man, uh, as was Dwayne Nichols, my creative assistant on Behind the Curtain. To all of you courageous men and women, my personal thanks to you for the sacrifices that you made for the rest of us. And I also salute the spiritual warriors, the guests who come on this program each week to reveal their stories and lessons learned in the hopes of inspiring the rest of us. These are people who have had to overcome extreme obstacles in their lives, and they've created a roadmap from devastation to transformation, and now they use their stories to service us. Like seeing a painting or a photograph that moves you, I hope that in each show you will see a reflection of yourself in each guest and their story, and that the information provided will support and inspire you as you travel through your own life. So welcome to the program today with special guest Native American singer, songwriter, activist, and youth Native mentor, Michael Busher. Michael is an extraordinarily talented man, and I am so excited he's with us today. But first, Craig Abbott is a guy who inspires hope wherever he goes. Craig survived a two-year life expectancy and is now the oldest person living with spinal muscular atrophy in the world at the age of 22. Craig comes to us each week delivering his wisdom through a segment we call Hope Minutes. Welcome, Craig. How are you today? Hi, Catherine. Quite well. How are you? I'm doing really good. We're very excited and and anticipating your words of wisdom this week. So here is Craig Abbott and Hope Minutes. Good morning. We live in a world with many sacred things, whether it's the earth or the air or the relationships in our lives. All these things are sacred. I think that sometimes we don't truly realize how beautiful the world really is. So today, I'd like to try something different. I would like everyone that is listening to look outside and give thanks for something that you've never been thankful for. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised after. That's wonderful, Craig. That's really great advice, and I'm going to carry that with me all day today as I travel through my day to recognize what I do you know, normally don't pay attention to that I should be paying attention to, and then just to give gratitude. So thank you so much. That's a wonderful reminder for all of us. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Okay, we'll see you next week, buddy. Take care. Yes, you will. All right, this is week two 
of the Redesign Your Life uh, contest. And here is Amkari Williams of InvestigatingLife.com to fill you in on what you should be doing this week. Hi, everyone. So week two is all about clearing. Transformation begins with clarity. So this week, I want you to get rid of the things that you no longer like, things that no longer suit you or are useful in your life. When you pick up an item, what does it bring to mind? What does it cause you to feel? How does that item serve what you wish to change in your room and in your life? And if it doesn't serve you, then it's time to let it go. If you're having trouble letting the item go, ask yourself why. This is a good time to go to your journal and reflect. Now, it's also an opportunity for you to explore your feelings on a deeper level. And as you let go of the past, you create a space to redesign your future. As you let go of material things, you are also letting go of ideas that no longer serve you. Well, let me tell you a little story about my own experience with this. I inherited a piano from my aunt who was a fabulous, funny person, and I loved her, and so I took in this piano, but I don't play the piano. No one in my home plays the piano, and it was just taking up an enormous amount of space, but I was having a really hard time letting go of it because it was so connected to my experience of my aunt, and one day I realized the piano is not my aunt. I will have the memories. I will have the laughter without the piano. So I donated it to our local library where it is used all the time. And I know that my aunt would actually be thrilled that her piano was being used and appreciated rather than sitting in my home collecting dust. And I still have all my memories. So if you're having a hard time, dig down, see what it is, and remember, the memories stay with you even if you let the things go. So go to the website, gobehindthecurtain.com, Click on the contest tab and check out the instructions for week two. And then come back next week and we'll start putting the whole thing together. Good luck and have a great time. Thank you, Amkari of InvestigatingLife.com. Again, that's week two. As Amkari mentioned, go to the website. Not only can you listen to the show where she gives you instructions, but there is also a um, a box that will mark be marked week two, and she has some steps for you to follow. So today, our special guest is Michael Booker, a Native activist and Native teen mentor, singer, songwriter, and winner of three NAMI Awards. Michael is chairman and co-founder of the You Are Not Alone Network, a Native American teen suicide prevention website. His Cherokee ancestors go back to the Trail of Tears, and the Trail of Tears is a name given to the forced relocation and movement of Native American nations from southeastern parts of the United States. States following the Indian Removal Act of 1830 in this country. Many Native Americans suffered from exposure, disease, and starvation en route to these new destinations. Many died, including 4,000 of the 15,000 relocated Cherokee Indians. Michael has been told the stories passed down from generation to generation, and those stories in his life experience are what he shares in his music and what drives his passion for life. He sings about the issues that are close to his heart, the importance of Native sacred sites, Cherokee legends, living together peaceably, mentoring youth, and suicide prevention. Welcome, Michael, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, it's an honor for me to have you here, and thank you for putting up with my craziness before 
<laughs> that happened. Life happens. That's just part of it. We just roll with it. That's all. As I was preparing for the show and, and reading about, you know, the work that you do, I, I was really, I'll tell you, I became very angry, especially reading about the sacred sites, because it really is a place of worship for Native Americans. And the relationship between the physical areas and where religious ceremonies is a basic and essential component of Native religions and cultures. And these sacred sites are places where ceremonies and rituals are performed and traditional medicine is gathered. So for this reason, the protection of sacred ceremonial and traditional cultural places has been deemed to be both environmental uh, environmental justice as well as a human rights issues. And when I really read that people in the United States, can all other religions can stand behind the First Amendment to protect their beliefs, right. but the Supreme Court closed that down to Native Americans in 1988, and the court in the last 23 years from 88 to 20, now 24 years, 2012, has declined to allow federal religious freedom statutes to be used to protect Native American sacred places or uh, that they can exercise Native American religious freedom at sacred places. So personally, I think it's unethical, bigoted, extremely unjust. Uh, that Native Americans are not being given the same protection under the First Amendment, you know, for their religious beliefs. Uh, where are you in this fight to protect these sacred sites? Well, where I come at it is, honestly, I, I try to do this uh, through my music and, and through speaking. Um, I truly do believe that most people... I mean, you don't read it, but just everything you had just said, you don't hear that on a 10 o'clock news. You don't read it in your newspaper. Um, it's not, you know, it's not newsworthy other than to Native Americans. But I, I really do think that humanity as a whole, if they really knew of that extreme injustice that you just explained, um, and you could educate people and, and show them how, not not in a, in a militant, angry voice, but in, in a... You know, through music, which touches everybody um, uh-huh. in some fashion, you know, that that if I could educate and teach and bring awareness to it, that it would it would change. You know, it, it would help change, put it that way. We can bring – everybody knows that the, the, just like in voting, that the more uh, – the bigger the block you are, the more attention you get. Well, Native Americans in, in this country are 1% of a voting block. So, you know, our voices is um, – I think they don't have to pay attention, you know, because we, we don't count as far as a voting block per se, but we are gaining. And, and just me saying that, I was involved last election for a presidential election and, and get out the native vote. And, and, you know, we travel to different reservations and, and different communities, actually, just to bring awareness to get people to understand the vote. And, and the more we vote, um, the more we are taken seriously. All of this with the sacred sites, I, I do feel that if I can um, educate people in, in a good way, that we gain momentum tenfold that way. You know, we, as a human family, again, we, we understand that's, that's a huge injustice and it's wrong. Uh, we, you know, that's, that's, we all get that. We understand that. So that's what I do. I, I try and explain all of this as I perform. And, and when I do my songs and before I play my songs, um, I tell the story behind each song and where it comes from, a, a song I wrote called Sacred Ground. 
pretty much explains everything that you had just said about our sacred sites. You know, it's a place that we call sacred. You know, we've been going there for hundreds and some thousands of years, documents, yeah. you know, and through through our through our verbal history, but also through archaeological digs, you know, where they can prove that Native Americans have been coming here for, you know, a long, long, long time, um, longer than some cathedrals have been on in existence, you know, and our place of worship is just as holy as, as a place with, you know, four walls and stained glass. It's the same thing, and, and that's what I try and get to people is get them to understand is that it the significance of spirituality in a good way and it doesn't matter whether you know whether it's a synagogue or a temple or a church or a, a sacred site a native american sacred site it it's all the same because if it's it's done in a good way and we're reaching out to the higher power uh, you know it, it's all good and and so for us to say we have to defend ours and nobody else does i mean matter of fact you know most churches have laws where you can't have, you know, certain things happening within so many feet of, of the church exactly. itself. And, you know, it, it's not even remotely the same with sacred sites. And it's funny, I was doing a, a radio show um, a couple of years ago, and this guy called in, and, and he was just really upset. And we were talking about sacred sites. And and he said, what is it with you Indians? Everything is sacred to you. It's like, man, it's not true. It's just we, we have these certain places here, you know, that that um, we consider sacred. And so, we, you know, we were going back and forth, but I think he finally understood. I just asked him, do you go or any of your family go to a place of worship? And, and he understood that, yes, we do. And I said, well, it's the same thing, man. It's what we do, you know. It may not be contained in four walls, but it, it is places that we've been going to. And it's not like we're trying to conquer the earth here, but these are documented places that we've been going to, and, and that's what it's all about. So that's what I do anyways, through the music. No, well, that's a great way to do it as well. And I'm, I went to, why don't you tell folks where they can go and see, because there's some wonderful videos um, on your website and uh, where they can go in and kind of get a little taste of what seeing you live would be. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep, it's www.michaelbusher.com. So it's Busher. I I didn't pronounce it correctly. I don't no, have to. It's, you know, <laughs> that, that is so. It doesn't matter because it doesn't sound like it or it doesn't look like it's. it's yeah, it doesn't. Okay, but now I know no, Busher. Yep. Okay. Yep. So sorry oh, about that, deal. but you know what? It's it's fighting for sacred rights is really everyone's battle. It's about protecting the land, the air, and the water. And although, and I understand what you're saying, these are very sacred sites, there's drawings in caves, I mean, you know, there, there's an energy there. And oh, I didn't definitely. really understand, I didn't understand this myself until I moved out. I was a, um, a city girl, you know, for my whole life living in Manhattan. And when I got out of the city and moved up to the Catskill Mountains for a while, there is definitely a different energy to different pieces of land and you walk on it and you feel it immediately and some of them are healing and some of them have different kinds of power and i wasn't aware of this living in the city i was aware of a different kind of an energy but i understand what it means to be on sacred ground because i have felt it myself so i understand that aspect of it and agree and i stand to fight with you but really it's a battle for all of us because if we are desecrating these 
sacred places. This is we're polluting the water, we're destroying the land. I read was is nothing sacred. Corporate responsibility for the protection of Native American sites, and anyone can go and get this um, article online and read it and it's a pdf file and you can it's really really interesting because it it was produced by the sacred land film project and the second paragraph this is what they're talking about they outline six different sacred sites and they talk about what the battle is versus the corporations that they're battling with and you really get an education about what's happening and what's happening is that there's drilling for natural gas, there's digging for coal, and all of this is polluting, if it's not done in a responsible manner, is polluting the land, which is is having an enormous impact on all of us. So it reminds me very much of what's happening right now with fracking and drilling for natural gas. Yeah. So that may be, I don't know if you've hooked up with, the, you know, no fracking people, but that might be a way to get the word I, out. <laughs> Actually, um, I'd like. Yes, I have, and but I'd like to go back something that you had said for drilling. There is a out in South Dakota a place called Bear Butte, um, and I was there two two years ago. Now, it, Bear Butte is um, out by a, it's on the outskirts, about 20 minutes outside of a little town called Sturgis, South Dakota. Sturgis is where the huge motorcycle rally is every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and two years ago, I was out there during the rally, and you asked me what I what I do, and, and I think what it, again, I wasn't in a militant way, but I, but I was there along with three other people, uh, protectsacredsites.org, uh, Tamara Brennan, and we were just handing out flyers asking people to to please respect Bear Butte. Now, Bear Butte is. Uh, Maybe some of your listeners have heard of uh, Crazy Horse or Sitting Bull. You know, this is a huge, deeply rooted spirit, Native spiritual uh, community. Yes. But Bear Butte is a state park. Native people have been removed, you know, forcibly or or however you want to call it. But they were removed from their homeland, so so they don't really own the property anymore. But luckily, Bear Butte, because of its significance, uh, has become a state park. But also now because of the expansion of Sturgis, the motorcycle rally, um, unfortunately right at the base of Bear Butte is where they have built a huge motorcycle uh, biker bar and, and a venue, 10,000-seat venue, rock and roll, which is good. Nobody, None of us are trying to stop the party. We're really not. Yeah. But go back to Bear Butte. At the same time that the rally is occurring, the traditional Native people there are preparing for Sundance. Part of their preparation is to, they go to Bear Butte, the place that they have been going to for, you know, hundreds of years. They have their sweat ceremonies, they have their uh, vision quests, and they go on the mountain, they go on the butte. And when they go up, they don't just, you know, after five hours come back down. They are there until their vision quest is over, and it could be, you know, a couple of days, and that's days and nights. They are there praying and they do it for their people they do it that you know they pray for their people for their children for the significance of their spirituality and they have nothing else to give this is the way they view it they have nothing else to give other than themselves so they give themselves to creator and so they're up there doing this most powerful spiritual thing 
And at the same time, and this was happening when I was there, at, at midnight, the, the strobe lights are going back and forth across the mountain. Mm. Um, the rock and roll is just so loud, which is fine, you know, but it's just too close to Bear Butte. Now, that's what I was saying. If it was a church, there's no way that would be happening at the base of a church. You know, it, it just wouldn't. Um, and, and as far as drilling, now all around Bear Butte, they've discovered natural gas and, you know, and oil. They're drilling for oil as well all around the base. Now, Native people don't own that land anymore. They don't – it was taken from them. So they don't live there. You know, they, they visit it. Their reservations are far from there, but they, they make their migration to it to pray and to prepare. But you see all of the desecration all around it, and, and it's just yeah. so sad. It really is sad. And that's, so that's what I do. I just visit these sites, and, and they're just, i got to say, most of the bikers there were so respectful, and they understood what we were saying. <clears throat> and if you just simply talk, and, again, not in a pushy way, just a, you know, hey, man, you don't understand, you know, it, they got it. They really did. And and there are actually biker groups now who have it's it's don't ride seventy nine, which is Highway seventy nine is where Bear Butte is. So it's all good. I I really do think if you touch people in a good way, they yeah. respond to it. It's awareness. And I think Absolutely. that mostly Absolutely. people are yeah. just not aware. They're not so great what you're doing. And while we're on the subject, let me play a song from your seven C D which is Don't Forget About Me. I'm the one who is painted on the rock in the desert sun. I'm the one who is buried with the smallpox blanket on the rock. I'm the one who has built my burial mound for all to see. Never dreaming that the grave robber's prize would be me. So don't forget about me. I'm the voice singing in your head. Don't forget about me. I told the stories that you
that that's beautiful, Michael. Oh, thank you. I appreciate beautiful. that. Let me just tell the folks, go to Michael's website. It's michaelbusher.com. That's all one word, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-U-C-H-E-R. And that was Don't Forget About Me and the, from the album 7. So do you have, are you touring? I am. Yes, I am. I actually uh, just got finished touring and uh, still lining things up. Uh, I'll actually be in Santa Fe <clears throat> In um, mid-June, June 13th, uh, actually, I'll be, it's kind of a private concert thing, but uh, it's through Forge, 7th Generation Fund, which is uh, the largest native-owned nonprofit organization in this country. And uh, you had mentioned You Are Not Alone Network, and and we are an affiliate of 7th Generation. Um, Our nonprofit is an affiliate of 7th Generation. So... uh, with that, I'll be performing for them and um, speaking and talking about again humanity because they are they are <laughs> humanitarians first. You know, we are all of the human family, and I think honestly we take care of each other and we can separate our our nationalities and our colors and and all of that later. But I think if we would just look at it as as the human family first, and we just realized, you know, what's wrong for one is wrong for all. Yeah. You know, it would be a better place to be. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I'll be in in, uh, in Santa Fe, and then we're looking at you know a, a whole bunch of different places now, re- regrouping on the uh, on the tour circuit. And it's it's a hard thing to do. You know, it sounds like oh, that would be awesome to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's good to get back home and, and breathe and, and enjoy. You know, and it's awesome to be on the road and to reach people. And it it, it is it's a it's an energy that really goes out. Um, it's. It's a cool thing, and I, and I do feel blessed to to have my music been accepted and um, been you know all over the country and Canada and reach a lot of people. And and but I think the main thing is we, for me personally anyway, I, you know I, I keep my feet on the ground, and I understand that we all struggle, and and I have struggled myself. And I think as long as we remember that, and for me it was almost a blessing for the darkest place I've ever been in my life and I don't ever want to go back there again but I do look at it as a gift because it it reminds me every day that every day is a gift and every day there's a blessing to be found and every day you know the whether it's raining or or whether the sun's out there it's all good it, you know we're breathing we're enjoying life and um you know it I wrote a song called Dark Horse and sometimes I feel like a dark horse you know we all do I think at different points in our life, you know, and so we're actually putting a video together for the song Dark Horse. It's going to be on my new album, new CD, and that's what I'm working on now. We're trying to hold back on touring a little bit um, Mm -hmm. so I can get back in the studio. I've got two songs done. One of them is Dark Horse, and it's, uh, we're putting a video together, and actually, again, part of the human family, we're asking everybody, not only Native people, but everybody to, if if they have a picture that they think or something that they'd like to donate, we're going to make a video and we're going to include the entire world in this video for Dark Horse. And if, if any of your listeners have a picture or a poem or words or anything, it will be we'll use whatever we can. And if they would send it to www.shillingmediainc.com uh-huh. and we'll use whatever we can. But we want to make it, <clears throat> again, like I said, it's not specifically native. This is part of the human family. And 
we all stand together, you know, and and that's what it's all about. So. Absolutely. Well, I will continue to make this announcement for you guys, reaching out to the listeners and asking them to participate, and I'll send you something myself. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, that I would awesome. love to. Thank you. Speaking about that subject matter, you're chairman and co-founder of the You Are Not Alone uh, Network, and uh, what inspired you to get involved with suicide prevention? It was my own struggle with suicide, actually, to be uh-huh. totally honest, and I, and I don't try and hide that because I think if we, you know, if there's... No, I appreciate that. Yeah, and so it was my own struggle, and when I had finally come out of the darkness and, and survived it, um, I, I wrote a song and an album, actually, my last album was called Believe, and I dedicated that album to our Native youth. Um, Unfortunately, in Indian country, one of the statistics that are out there is we are losing our kids, 18 and under, to suicide at a rate three times higher than any other race, any other race in this country, three times higher. And it's actually, that number is is getting, is growing. It's growing. And Why do you think suicide yeah. is so prevalent amongst young Native uh, Americans? It is an absolute, there are so many things that we can point our fingers at now, uh, and it's something that I think is is cross cross cultural, uh, gangs, drugs, alcoholism, but yeah. I also I also believe truly that it, it is cultural trauma as well. I mean, uh-huh. if you go back in in not too distant past, um, we have the boarding school issue, and where where Native children were taken it, it, right from their families. You know, it, it, in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way up into the 60s, where they were taken from their families and put in boarding schools because they, they felt, and the, and the saying was, this is a true saying, you know, save the Indian, or kill, save the man, kill the Indian. So that was yeah. the the um, idea behind it was that they need to, to you know, get rid of the Indian and um, turn them into whatever, you know, a white person or whatever. I don't know. Um, right. You're being told think, that basically you're not good enough as you are. You have exactly. to change. That's the first yeah. part that would yeah. leave someone feeling low with in self-esteem. And and secondly, if you know your culture is not being respected and and your sacred sites, if that battle is still going on, it has it to be is. incredibly and depressing. How could it not it be? It is. It is. It is. You know, and 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 during the boarding schools, I mean, not only your culture was stripped from you and and rejected. Your spirituality was your your language. You were not allowed to speak your language. Language was lost. Um, you know, your hair was cut. Everything was stripped from you. Everything. But but along with that, now you also lost the family touch. When you're taken from your family as a as a you know from baby on or five years old, however old, and you're brought up all the way through high school in, in a in a boarding school where there is no family. There is just your. your it, it was just such a cultural trauma yeah. that it, the effects are still there. And, and But right. now there is such a huge sense of hopelessness. And you're right. You, they, they still, our kids still see the, the desecrations, the, the sacred sites that are uh, everything that is slanted, everything how you started the show out. They see this, you know, and, yeah. and they look at it as along with the racism. And, you know, there are just so many things. But honestly, in my view, again, we can point our fingers at all of those, and we know those are the reasons. 
but what we have to do, or what I feel I have to do, and, and the other two co-founders, and like I said, when I wrote Believe, and that song itself is for our kids, but we have to push that aside or not forget it, not by a long shot, but we have to reach the kids because we have to save them. And, if, and we can point the fingers, but we need to reach them, let them know, hey, I've been there, and that's what is, I really have been there. And I think when you can express that, you know, I've been in that darkest of dark places, and mm-hmm. you can survive one breath at a time, one minute, one day, one week. And, and so that's what we're doing. Now we are actually, we've got the website up and going. We're ready to uh, go to the reservations with the four highest rates and just start connecting with the kids. We're going to put on workshops. I'm going to work with the kids. Um, one of the other co-founders is a, actually a retired educator, a guy named Stephen Labiff, um, from the Blackfeet Reservation, uh, boarding school Indian himself, taken from his family, put into boarding schools. Um, so he's lived that life. He's known all of that. And mm-hmm. I am the age I am, and but we really we're connecting with the kids. It is so cool the, the places that we have already been. Kids, as soon as we let them know, you know, hey, we've been there. We know what it's like, and the barriers go down. And yes, the communication is just incredible. We get hugs. We get and we give them back. I mean, we give hugs also. I mean, it's not like we let them know we genuinely care, and it is just amazing the response we get. And I, I think that's. That is the foundation of what we're going to do. We're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it all about the kids and one life at a time. That's that's our goal. That, I love that, one life at a time. I l- absolutely love that. And, you know, um, being honest, I lost my brother to suicide about six years ago, so I understand it from the other side of, of it and uh, and the impact it has on the families and loved ones. And, uh, and, you know, for me it was an emotional tsunami that basically paralyzed me for several years, went into my own depression. And, you know, I understand the dark hole aspect of it as well. And, you know, we are one family, and the thing is a lot of shame uh, that is associated with suicide in terms of... Um, society. So many people uh, are very fearful to talk about it. They're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of being discriminated against. And so it takes enormous courage for you to come out and do the work that you're doing. And it's so needed and so necessary. And I really uh, applaud you for what you're doing. And um, and I think it's very necessary work. And that's one of my passions, too, is to, to really get out and begin to talk about my own personal experience with losing uh, so when I love to suicide because again I think there are millions and millions of people out there suffering from this loss and in every dark cloud there is a silver lining and there is so much for us all to learn about humanity when we do lose someone you know because you tend to really reflect upon everything you've ever said to this person done to this person didn't do to this person I mean it puts you through an exercise where you really evaluate who you have been in this world. And so there is positive stuff that can come for it, but again, like you say, we have to be part of the same human family and be willing to share our experiences and create dialogue about it so people do not feel that they are the only ones struggling and suffering through right. whatever depression they're having. Absolutely. I, you just said it. It is exactly and again, it's called "You Are Not Alone" network. I wrote a song. It's on Seven, actually. My first album is called "You're Not Alone." It's the last song. I have it. Can we play it now for people? I have it Absolutely. right here, ready to go. To. Yes. I love this song. So this is "You're Not Alone."
on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And once again, please know that you can go to his website and purchase his albums. It's michaelbusher.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-U-C-H-E-R.com. Really, really masterful work. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, when you would record something like that, I, that was on my first album. I had no idea where that was going to go. I, and anybody who ever puts out an, an, a CD or whatever, you know, your first one, you just have no clue. And th- that song came solely from from my experience, from my heart. And I, what you had said just before we you played that song was for people to know that they're not alone. And, and I think, for me personally, that is what saved me, is knowing that I wasn't alone in the deepest, darkest whole pit that anybody can ever imagine. Um, knowing that I wasn't alone was was just so huge for me that I wasn't the alone only one with the with the struggle and and that's what I want to convey to to everybody it, and it's not a native I mean this is a native issue that we're doing with the kids but uh, suicide is is not just um, specific to native people it is everybody again it's the human family and it, we just uh, hugs are huge. And when I perform, I tell everybody, you know, when you see somebody that are down and out, you know, a homeless person, whoever, it, or just somebody, it, it is amazing when a person is struggling, just from a stranger, just a smile. What a difference a smile makes versus a frown or a... Sure. You know, it, it's just huge. And simple acts of kindness that we can give each other, again, as a human family, just a little thing like a smile, is just huge. And it's... It's good to be good. You know, it makes you feel better when you can. It's make a gift to you. Better. It really is a gift it to is. you, and it takes no it effort. Is. It's effortless. No. This is what I don't yeah. understand. It's so effortless. I get so much more back from just walking down the street, trying to make eye contact with people yeah, exactly, in New York exactly. who are not looking at me. But you know, you give them a silent <laughs> blessing. That's it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. It's. it's you know, it really is so true. It is, it is, and and I think most, you know, most of your listeners are going to get it because I think they're, you know, just listening to your intro, it's like, these are, you must have an awesomely cool audience that listen to you, and uh, it, it, I, they're going to understand it, and I'm sure they, that, you know, they do that already, but if we can get more and more people to do that, it would just be incredible. But what I find is, this is enriching my life, and the fact that I can pass on all of these great people to other people is a dream come true for me, because I think everyone that comes on the show has amazing, amazing life experiences to share, and everyone that's on here represents a piece of everybody else, because we are all connected. So for someone tuning in today to get inspired by what you're sharing to me, is that's a gift to me. Very good. That's that's cool. And, and <laughs> yep, yep, it does make me feel stronger in humanity. You know, just Absol- being connected absolutely, with, with absolutely, absolutely. Well, I can't believe that the time has flown by. It has been enchanting to have you on the program. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and light with my listeners. We really wish you continued success, and I uh, will be in touch. I hope you'll come back to the program and keep us posted about what you. you're doing. Terrific. Thank well, so thank you again, me. Michael. It's been my pleasure. Take care. Next week, thank you. Next week, Filipino award-winning writer and.
Director Sanity Q will be here to speak about his life and career. This is a show not to be missed. Sanity is an advocate for children's rights. His uh, film deals with lost innocence. He writes and directs from his heart and does not let the conservative views of the Philippines stop him from sharing his voice. Thanks for taking this journey with me. I'm honored to have your listening. This is Kathy Barrett sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll tune in.